Because when you feel alone, you will not have victory. But when you invite him back into that with you, like crawl in that foxhole with you while you feel buried, go, Jesus, I'm going to start to begin to pray with expectation that you're near me and that you see me and that you keep me and you hold me and you will carry me through this season so that while the circumstances may not change, I will no longer feel alone in it. I will no longer feel defeated in it, but instead I will somehow find a way beyond myself, but from you and your spirit to give thanks for this season. Your blended family has a 100% chance of success when you do it God's way. We're Blended Kingdom Families, and we want to provide biblical resources to heal and restore families with a message of hope for the next generation. Hey guys, welcome back to the BKF Podcast. We are so excited you're here with us today. If you haven't already, we would love to have you as part of our community. So take an opportunity, subscribe to this podcast. You'll be notified every week when we drop a new episode. You can also send us an email at info at blendedkingdomfamilies.com with your feedback. So today we are super excited because we have an amazing guest. Yes, you guys, we have Rebecca Lyons here with us. Y'all, you have probably already have heard of her. We're a big fan of Rebecca. Um, we just love what she is doing. But just to tell you a little bit about her, she is a wife, mom, national speaker, best, best-selling author. Um, alongside her husband of 25 years, uh, Gabe, Rebecca and Gabe find joy in raising their four kiddos, one whom is adopted, sweet joy. She is the cutest thing in the world. Um, and Rebecca has, um, she has an amazing book, you guys, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but uh, she has had her own battles to overcome anxiety and depression and invites others to discover and boldly pursue their God-giving purpose, which I absolutely love. But Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I, it's a joy. I'm excited to kick off this new year with you guys. I love Aww, it. Oh, yes. Well, beyond that, Rebecca, we're going to give you an opportunity. Just tell the audience anything that you'd like them to know about you, your family, what you guys like to do, yeah. and about your ministry. Sure. Uh, so like you said, I have four children. Two of them have Down syndrome. So our oldest biological is Kate is 22 and then Joy we adopted five years ago. She's 10. Mm. She, we call them our Down syndrome bookends. So we're now empty nesting <laughs> as we know it with two kiddos at home full-time for the foreseeable future, which mm -hmm. is really funny. Um, we're learning as we go, like what's the four, the fearless foursome going to look like here, you know? <laughs> um, and it's just been a sweet season because Gabe and I are at 26 years of marriage and mm. um, launching kids and then also having kids home that are very dependent on you. I think it's, it just keeps us really on our knees, keeps us humble. Um, it keeps yeah. us, um, honestly, I think one of the biggest benefits of always doing tuck-ins your entire life mm -hmm. is yeah. that you are not allowed to make work more than it should be like that, that mm. it forces us to really have a rhythmic replenishment balance of work like vocationally, but also where are we physically, how are we, how are we staying strong spiritually, mm -hmm. how are we nurturing and have, um, just a whole kind of healing journey. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people look at like empty nesting means we get to go and like do all the things that we've always wanted to do when our kids weren't around. And I just think, um, what God has allowed for these two, uh, nug nuggets is that 
it becomes a tether that mm. requires just as much sub- surrender and submission as it might've been when they were like toddlers. And while people are like, nope, don't want that. I think what it's been really sweet about, there's a reward to that uh, in some weird way, like just a kind of staying put and not always kind of chasing mm. after the things we thought we might want um, and finding his nearness in just the simplicity of how they live. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's shaped a lot of my work on mental health and, um, Mm. faith and what is, what does a whole person look like? What does it look like to be fully human? And I'm learning as much as I love, I am an adrenaline junkie. And I was a city Mm. girl before we moved back to Franklin, we were in New York city. I'm learning that that stillness and that slowing is also so very good for our souls. Um, even as we age gently, (laughs) gracefully. Um, so yeah. And I would say my ministry just looks a little bit like that, just writing books around mental health and faith for the last Mm -hmm. 13 years and preaching on those topics and just, uh, comes out of my own, um, about with panic disorder in 2010 and 11 and now experiencing God's rescue, but then also my very dependency on him at all times. Yeah, that's Mm. good. So I love good. that. Well, and you you talk about resilience, and I'm listening to your story, and I'm a therapist too. So that's kind of my, you know, yeah. listen, you know, kind of, uh, you know, interpret and kind of feel that story. Um, and I'm just thinking about, the, you know, the word resilience. And well, you wrote a book on it too. Yeah. And <laughs> which will word, pop up, guys. You'll see that on the screen. And the word expectation. Those are the words that kind of come to my, my mind right mm-hmm. now. And, mm-hmm. Rebecca, when you think of the word resilience, what does that mean for you? What does that mean? And why is that important for families? Right. Um, Resilience is seeing God in all of it. And even when it feels like he's hidden, perhaps, Mm -hmm. or silent, or... um, a little less responsive, but knowing his nearness is so real. Mm-hmm. And so it requires a lot of faith. Yeah. Um, it requires a belief in something bigger than what we might feel in that moment. Um, and so I love second Corinthians four is really what my book on resilience is about. It's mm-hmm. we're pressed and crushed, but not destroyed. We're perplexed, but given to despair. Um, why? Because we carry light shining in our hearts. And that is why we never give up. It's kind of the summation of the Christian life. You know, we're not called to a life of ease and convenience. We're called, called to sacrifice. I mean, if we're, if we're being Jesus followers, um, he basically says, take up your cross and deny yourself and, you know, choose death ultimately. Like he chose death so other could have life. And, and, and when I say death, I mean, I mean, maybe death of my dream for myself or my future or my life or my up and to the right, but death of death of my will over what God has actually already prepared for me to live in advance. And so Psalm 139 says, all your days were written and planned before one of them mm. began and that God's knit our unformed body in our mother's womb and his works were wonderful. And so I see that passage as him calling out destiny over his sons and daughters, and then also giving us the tools and the journey we would need to live out that destiny. And so for me, that looked like special needs parenting at 26. It looked like Mm. a father that had a a mental breakdown when I was in high school, went to psychiatric hospital. It looked like me having my own um, season of panic disorder or my son with an IQ in the forties. It's like, okay, well, none of us pick our journey, but 
but mm-hmm. we are given it as a gift and yeah. we get to decide what to do with that. And I think resilience is so much about not what happens to us, but how we decide to respond. And mm-hmm. Victor Frankl talks right. about this in his books, mm-hmm. Man's Search for Meaning, um, that um, none of us can change like the oppressive nature of sin, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether it's manifest in our own lives that we like are complicit with, or maybe it's forced on us from someone evil outside of us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the only thing we really truly do have agency from for, and no one can ever take from us is how we decide to respond. Mm -hmm. And, and I think a resilience is going not my will, but yours. And also where are you in this? Where's the gospel Mm -hmm. right now? Um, give me a future and a hope. And, and so I guess, um, resilience for me has been, not a bouncing back as if like it didn't impact me, but like the way I talk about in the book is resuming um, the original position after a season of compression or bending low and Mm -hmm. seasons that are very long and might be lifelong, but also going, okay, there's a, there's scars from those things. There's, but, um, but there's strength, there's strength and I can find my legs to stand up again. And now when we, when we face trials, right. in James one, count it joy because it matures you and it makes you perfect and complete lacking nothing. So now I'm able to actually help a lot of other people, which that wasn't my intention going in. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like, Oh, let this happen so I can help other people. No, no, no. It was like, I need, I'm in survival mode right now. Jesus, this is you and me. Um, Mm -hmm. I need your resurrection power every second. I I am desperate without you, but now that that's, I've seen you move and I've watched you bear fruit in even in the midst of crazy suffering or trial. Um, yes, let me be a river of that flows free where I can then whatever mm. you comfort me so I can comfort someone else in first Corinthians. Yeah. So that's the beauty of resilience. It's not something that we take for ourselves. It's something that we, we live into, um, we grow from, and then we give it away. Yeah, man, that is so good. It will. And it makes me think of like, in all of that, Rebecca, like we're saying like his will, not ours. And when we die to ours, into that flesh, it's, that's when we are truly our authentic selves and people like we need authenticity and connectivity. Like when you, when you go Mm -hmm. back to like survival, basically like human needs, like that's what it is. And so I love that, like through that, and as you were talking through all that, I was like, wow, it's really when we can walk and be in who our authentic selves are. And like you Mm -hmm. said, the Lord taking all of that and then using it to be able to help others and, um, I don't know. And just be, um, just be a support and encouragement for yeah. so many people. Well, I love that you, you brought up the book man's search for meaning. I've, I've read that book probably That's his 10 favorite times. theorist, um, um, Rebecca it, and, yeah. and just to, to give you a little con, I, I, I went to a graduate program with, uh, the head of my programs, a guy named Dr. Bob Barnes, who was the world local therapy. Uh, wow. Awesome. He, he, he oversaw it all and studied right under Frankel. So, but wow. I love one of the things that I love about that book and the one thing that I would press upon people is the idea of finding purpose yeah. amidst tragedy, yeah. amidst any circumstance of your life. If you can find that purpose, you yeah. find that balance and probably kind of relating it back to your authentic self is you find that God wrote that story. He, 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 he knew he was going to write the story. As mm-hmm. you said, in Psalms, it was written before you knew it. It's just about accepting that that's God's purpose for your life. And, you know, we look at blended families and, and we look at, you know, all type of, you know, what people may describe 
in the season of saying, man, that's really hard. And that's yeah. really, maybe it's unfair. Maybe I, mm. I didn't want to get divorced or I didn't want mm. to be in that circumstance. Mm. But then as you go through it and then you look back, you go, mm. oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I thought God was so far from me, but yet mm. he was sitting right yeah. beside me, holding my hand, you know, mm -hmm. crying yeah. with me the whole yeah. time. So yeah. I, I love that that's a part of your story. Well, and you know, I think there's probably so many people listening, you know, Rebecca, because our audience, when you think of in blended families, it's foster, it's adoption, it's um, people who've had the loss of a parent or a spouse, they're remarried through divorce. And, and we just say around here, we're all blended in the kingdom of God. It's just, we're all awesome. And so we're just one big blended family. But, you know, I'm sure that there are people listening today that, man, they're just struggling and they're just needing some practical maybe just tips or strategies and even, you know, spiritual strategies, so to speak, um, that can help them build resilience in their lives. Because, you know, you said that before, like you had struggled even with your own um, mental health and like the, the panic attacks and the anxiety. And, um, you know, and I know we've experienced some mm -hmm. seasons of that too, and it's hard to get out of there and you just don't even know where to begin. And so what, um, just what encouragement could you give there for someone that's listening? That's like, man, I'm, I'm in that, that pit, I'm in that season and yeah. just to build that resilience. Yeah. I want to speak to the person. Cause you could hear me on the first part of this podcast and be like, Oh, it must be nice. You know, like she, she just, it almost starts to sound cliche, like, right. To trust yeah. God, surrender your will or, uh, it sounds very Christianese and you're like, but you just don't, when you're, when you are in the depths of like a uh, despair, discouragement, mm -hmm. defeat, loneliness, isolation, yeah. like, that's just like, you don't even want to hear that. And it's almost dismissive kind of like, whatever must be nice. And, and I, so I just want to speak to that person. Cause I am, I have, I am that person. I've been that person many times. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think I want to remind us, um, the church, right? So I'm assuming that I'm speaking to people who have some form of a profession of faith and maybe you don't, and we can mm -hmm. go there too. Um, but if you do, and you are in this place of despair, I just want to remind us as God's sons and daughters is that sin separates us from God. Sin is not so much about like, here's all the things I did. I need to fix those things and change those things. It's that sin separates us in relationship. Yeah. And so if there has been a season of rejecting or, isolating or retreating from God or not, not being near him or desiring him or wanting his word in our life or wanting counsel in our life, then we have decided to push God away. It, it's just like, bye-bye. I can, I'm going to do this on my own, or I'm going to go listen to this other thing, or I'm just going to actually listen to my own narrative in my head, which often is planted by the enemy, which is like, God isn't a good God. He didn't, why did this happen to me? He must've fallen asleep at the wheel. Like if he really loved me, why would he do these things? And so we, we turn to reject God or we turn to blame God versus going like with, as, as if we are victims, not understanding that Christ himself gave his life in death for our freedom, not for us to then reject him because we feel enslaved. <laughs> like yeah. he did the opposite. So, so if there's a, if there's a distancing with you and God feels far and you're like, I, I just dismiss this message. I would just remind you that it's the sin that separates and, and sin could just be nothing more than like, I just, I don't care. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, I'm going to dismiss God from the thing. And I'm going to go find another way with my brain to fix myself. 
Um, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like if we're left to ourselves, we, we will spin out and we will try to do this apart from God. And so I would just invite us and I've had to do this to myself, go, God, where are the places in my life I've withheld from you? Yeah. Like, um, where are the places in my life I've blamed you? Um, I've rejected you, therefore rejecting you and your goodness or your nearness or your presence. Where are the places in my life that I've run from you? Um, and I've tried to do this alone. And I would just say, repent of that. Like, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not a big fancy thing. Repent means to return back to God. Mm. It means to stop doing what you're do doing currently and just return, like shift the course of the direction that you're on and go back to him. Yeah. And just go, God, like, I, I don't want to do this without you. Um, I really need you. And I want to invite you right into the center of this place of pain, whether it's divorce or loss or adoption or dis discouragement with special needs, kids, whatever yeah. it is where you, because when you feel alone, you will not have victory. But when you invite him back into that with you, like crawl in that foxhole with you while you feel buried. Yeah. Go, Jesus, I'm going to start to begin to pray with expectation that you're near me and that you see me and that you keep me and you hold me and you will carry me through this season so that while the circumstances may not change, I will no longer feel alone in it. I will no longer feel defeated in it, but instead I will somehow find a way beyond myself, but from you and your spirit to give thanks for this season. Yeah. And I promise you, when you begin to mentally shift the way you see your circumstance, everything changes and, yeah. but you can't do it alone. Like if you don't invite God into the center of it, the enemy on the other hand will be like, I got you. Mm -hmm. If God's not yeah. going to be there for you, I'll be your, I'll be your person. And I will just remind you how terrible everything is. Yeah. And so I just say, invite God, in, like, are you willing to invite him back in and return to him and apologize? Just repent. Yeah. Just say, I'm sorry for the ways I pushed you away. I don't want to do this without you. Um, because God is not, um, he's a gentleman. He's not coercive, manipulative. He won't force himself upon you. And if you're like, I'm better off without you, he'll, he will honor that. But of course he wants to enter in and he wants, but you have to be the one that will invite that to happen. And mm -hmm. when I stopped personally doing that, blaming God, angry at God. I didn't ask for this life. I'm mad at you. And sometimes we just have to say it out loud so that we can actually get it out of our bodies. Like I'm mad at yeah. you. And then in the end you're going, but I still know you're good. Dang yeah. it. You're still good. And I, I just don't want this as mad as I feel towards you. I don't want a life without you. And yeah. as we look in Psalms, like people had it out with God, he can handle it. But what he really wants is our whole heart so that we can join him and find the restoration that comes just from his nearness and his, uh, his abiding presence. Yeah. Wow. I'm powerful. just soaking that up. Yeah. I, I was just, I'm just, myself, I'm just receiving like, all of that. I'm like, so Rebecca is good. preaching right now. I love it. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, choir. trust me. Yeah. Me yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's so good. And you're absolutely right. I think there, there's so many of it, you know, you, you're in those seasons and you're just like, and you want to ask why, and it's the wrong, it, it, it's the what it's like, okay, God, what now? And that invitation, I mean, you're absolutely right. He will not press anything upon you. I remember even starting this ministry. It wasn't a Vanessa. I want you to do this. It says, will you do mm. this with me? Mm. And, you know, um, and leaning into that, but yeah. my gosh, Rebecca, that was so good. Well, it's so, so good. I'd like to do something a little different if you would allow this, Rebecca. Um, 
I, I'm hearing what you're saying. And, and I always, in my brain, I always think about who's listening. Mm-hmm. Like, who's the person in the car driving who's list, just listened to that yeah. and said, that is me. And I, I would like to kind of conclude our podcast. And I'm going to ask you to pray for those people. Mm. Can you do that? Because I, yeah. I don't want somebody who just heard that to go, I don't know how to do that. Mm. And that's good. Let's let's give people that freedom. And mm-hmm. when when you're done, we'll we'll come back and conclude. But I don't want to miss that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. God, we love you, and uh, we come here corporately. And for everyone listening, Lord, I just pray that this prayer could be something that feels specific to them. Um, that it would just reflect something in their own hearts, Lord. And so I'm just going to pray this corporate prayer. And if it applies, um, just make these words your own. But God, it just we, we repent of the ways in which we blame you for trial and we push you away or we ignore you or we avoid you or we abandon you and then sometimes curse you. God, we just, we ask for your forgiveness because it's not what we really want. We're just speaking from a place of pain and we're speaking from defeat or discouragement, despair. And somehow somewhere along the way, the enemy's voice got louder than yours. And so we repent of that Lord for making room for the deceiver or the accuser, um, to cause us to question your goodness, God, to cause us to question your providence, your, your perfect timing and love, your, your nearness, your rescue. God, we repent of doubting you or disowning you or, or just being mad at you. It's like, I know you can handle our anger. And so if we have anger in our hearts, Lord, I pray that we feel safe to share it with you, but also so that we can reconcile relationship. Lord, don't let us withhold ourselves from you, our hearts from you. Let us give you everything, every emotion, every feeling, everything that can we just lay that at your feet, Jesus, for you to deal with like you did at the cross. And I just pray that when we withhold nothing from you, we would encounter your mercy, not your judgment, your mercy and your compassion and your love. And like a father who just welcomes a prodigal home and runs and wraps arms around and doesn't keep a record of wrongs. You say you don't keep a record of wrongs. You don't, you don't accuse, you don't condemn, you love. And so God, if we've resisted that, we're done resisting that. We just long for your nearness. We long for your presence and your power and your hope. Please give us hope. And we will not be silent about this rescue. We will not be silent about this prayer and this nearness that you have so graciously given us. We will just rejoice and we will give thanks, Lord, for this moment, for this encounter. And we'll give thanks in advance by exercising our faith again at what you're going to do in our lives as a result of drawing our hearts back to you. We praise you, our Savior and our King. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for doing that, Rebecca. Yeah, that was beautiful. All right. Well, our time has sadly come to a close. Yes. Uh, and we want our audience yes. to know where they can find you, Rebecca, and your new book, um, all the places where they can learn about you. So can you share yeah. that with us? Yes. Uh, just RebeccaLyons.com. It's R-E-B-E-K-A-H-L-Y-O-N-S.com. And also you can find me at Rebecca Lyons on all social media, uh, Instagram or Facebook, or 
I don't even know where all the things <laughs> are. All the things. Um, and then if you if you want to um, kind of start to engage with me on my email list, because that's kind of where I send a ton of free resources, um, whether it's 30 verses for anxiety or um, how to start these resilient rhythms in your life, like a free weekly guide on how to how to approach God, you know, in a consistent way that's not overwhelming. Um, you can, um, I, I would probably recommend you start with a rhythms quiz and, and you, you just go to rebeccalyons.com slash rhythms. Mm. And it would just help you kind of know how to like engage God in a, in a regular way <laughs> that's yeah. not overwhelming or not, um, um, you know, intense, but just in a rhythmic way of like your spiritual life, your physical life, your relational life, and then your, your vocational life. And I think the Lord will just kind of meet you there. Um, so I would just start that. It's like a five minute multiple choice, real quick question. You'll, you'll learn immediately what's your healthiest rhythm, whether it's rest, restore, connect, create, and then, um, it'll just invite you into that journey. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us again today, Rebecca. Um, it's been such an honor and a blessing to have you with us. And we can't wait to see you at the XO conference coming yes. up here That'd in February. Great. Can't wait. Yes. All right. Take All right. care. Y'all have a good day. You too. Take Bye, care. Rebecca. Bye-bye. Guys, thanks so much for joining us on the Blended Kingdom Families podcast today. If you haven't already, subscribe. We would love to hear from you. If you are in need of coaching for your blended family, please visit our website. We have amazing coaches. We would love to spend time with you and help you directly. Uh, also, you can visit blendedkingdomfamilies.com for all of our other books and resources. Yes, and groups if you're in need of community groups, and you want yes. to join a group or start a group um, online or in person, you can go there as well to find out that information. Love it. You guys take care. Be blessed in all that you do. Hey friends, so glad you were here with us today and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find more resources from Blended Kingdom Families at blendedkingdomfamilies.com. Join us again next time as we talk about more blended family topics. Be blessed in all that you do and remember, nothing will be impossible with God.